I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Oh, welcome to a fantastic episode of Thriving Matters podcast because in the house today is none other than Louise Williams. Now, I have got the greatest advantage, listeners, because Louise has a fantastic background. And of course, we're recording this virtually, as most of our conversations are these days. But Louise is framed by a sensational fuchsia neon sign at the back of her. It's, it's hot pink. It is gorgeous. And of course, in saying that, Louise, how are you today? I just a big <laughs> smile. It's beautiful. I'm good, Carrie. How are you? <laughs> well, thanks for being part of the, the Thriving Matters conversation because, you know, thriving for me um, and for many of us isn't easy every day. You know, it sounds glamorous. Everyone wants to be it. It sort of denotes being optimistic or over-the-top happy all the time, which it isn't really. It is about how we get through the ups and downs of the surprises, the the shocks, the disappointments, um, the plans that don't come up or the plans that blow out and we go, oh, my God, how am I going to cope with this? Because thriving daily needs a few little things, some habits put in place, something regular. And I usually start the conversation by saying to you, you are an ordinary gal like me but you're doing some extraordinary things in life and work. And that's my definition of thriving. It's it's yes. how we put, we put this into action. So you're very welcome. So tell us what got you out of bed this morning? First question, straight up, let's go. Oh, oh look, I've, I've been through um, trial by fire over the last year dealing with grief. And so just recently, I've been making the decision, okay, need to make some different choices, Louise, in the mornings. So what got me out of bed in the morning this morning was my infrared sauna. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, because, you know, as you get older, you get all the aches and pains and uh, you get a bit worn thin. uh, And I just find all that heat just, it just, yeah. It infuses you with so much energy for the rest of the day. And then you have, then I had a cold shower as well. So, you know, oh, that hot brilliant. and cold. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So just give Alison a, a bit of a hint. The infrared, how long do you stay in that? Oh, look, I didn't do it today because I, I, I've been a bit out of practice, but normally 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And then a cold at shower. At 70. Wow. At 70. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then a cold shower. <laughs> and then a cold shower. <laughs> Well, you're talking to a gal that can get into really cold water and I can swim. I had a swim on on Sunday um, here in Sydney and the water was about 17 degrees. So that's 
I've been in It's still a bit cold. <laughs> People say to me, are you stark raving mad woman? And I just go, I love it. I feel good. So, yeah. and the other thing I agree with you, the heat during winter, I often get um, a heat pack on my back, on my spine. Yes, um, yes. And it does. It's the it's the cold and the heat that work really yeah. well together. Yeah. Oh, good, good answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased I asked you that question today. <laughs> I love my infrared. I used to go to, you know, off-site before COVID. And then when COVID hit, I was like, no, I need to keep doing this. So I bought one. So it burns up all the, you know, being sick as well. It helps with all that kind of stuff. So I love, love the infrared. Yeah. Listeners, Louise is very well known for her very creative expertise in not only photography, but in the way she gets inside the personality of the person that she's working with and she uses her psyche, uh, psychology background for that and I'm super interested Louise in you giving us a bit of a, a picture of how that actually came to be over the over the years so mm. why don't you dip into a little bit of your thriving story for us mm, good question Oh, well, I did the usual thing when I was a youngin, and I did what my mother said I should do. <laughs> Good girl. Uh, even, <laughs> even though I wanted to do art, teaching and art as a, as a profession, um, my mum said to me, you won't make any money through that. And I was like, oh, okay, mum. So I went and did a Bachelor of Education, Bachelor of Psychology uh-huh. for five years and got out of that and decided after 20, you know, 20 or so times in, in front of a, a group of 30 children, I didn't really want to be a teacher. <laughs> I often say I, I was a teacher for about 15 minutes because that's how much it was in comparison to how long I was training for. Um, and so then I moved down to Brisbane. I was always up in North Queensland. I'm uh-huh. a North Queensland girl. Um, so I came to Brisbane. My very first job was in a maximum men's security prison at the age of 24. Um, being a psychologist oh I love that was that was interesting (laughs) it was and a real test of thriving or struggling and how you stay in your own energy when you've got so many competing energies around you in that kind of environment Um, that was kind of tough that was kind of tough Hmm. Um, and I think I burnt out I just was like I've had enough Went back and did a master's of organizational psychology. Went and did rehab, workplace rehab, worked in, you know, EAPs with counseling in workplaces, and then had my own private practice. And then I started to burn out there as well after several years of seeing seven clients a day, four days a week. Um, and then I bought a camera. Did something so trigger you buying the camera? I just want to inter- interrupt you there. Sorry. I saw a friend overseas who was taking um, photographs and she was taking it with a proper camera. And I've always been artistic, hence why I wanted to do art when I was a kid. Yes. Um, you know, I used to use art throughout all of my, um, you know, primary and secondary years, yes. um, trying to process my emotions and trying to, you know, get through all the, the, the heaviness that was going on at, at, um, in the schools with getting bullied and everything. So I guess art has always been my way, not of 
not of just escaping, but of also finding myself. Mm, mm. Oh, finding myself. It's. I love that because I just had an image of looking through a different lens, being able to look through totally. a different lens. And I'm bigger. Mm. You and I both wear glasses. I've worn them since I was three, right? Um, yes. And I really now, I, I, I really can't do without them, but they're just part of who I am. But I love the fact yeah. that I can use it as a metaphor. It's super interesting. And totally. It's, and it's all also a trigger. I can go, what else have you got that you can use today? Look through, mm. just take them off, put them back mm. on, look look through another lens, see if you can find another yeah. solution, see if there's another totally. way to adapt, right? Totally. Yeah, it's fascinating. Totally. Oh. And I guess you could say I've had to have multiple, multiple eyeglasses that I've had to use metaphorically throughout my, yes. throughout my life, um, both work and personal. You know, I've had you know, had to go through IVF and everything else in my personal life. You know, I've been, I've been challenged with a lot of things that could have knocked me off mm. the thriving scale. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. And even in the last year, dealing with grief of my mum dying, yeah. you know, I, I still was actually thriving on some level, although I was also grieving, which is a really different experience again. Yeah, it's... um. It's an interesting thing. Part of what I did many years ago was um, uh, was facilitate a program for schools called Seasons for Growth. And Ooh. it looked at grief and loss, especially for children, young children. And yes, the, I think I trained in that. Yes, I well, I was well, I was based in Sydney, but we oh. had an international we had a an Australian wide, sorry, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. network, Seasons for Growth. So the sisters yes. of the Mary McKillop Foundation actually supported. Yes. It was oh absolutely gosh. brilliant, yeah. And I learned, I wish I had known um, more about grief um, as a younger mum. And um, mm. we got to we got to work with fascin you know, really amazing uh, facilitators around Australia. Um, mm. But the biggest, I think the joy that came out of it was that I learned so much that I could then really understand more mm. about what was going on and we'd had a few things in our family life that um mm. were, were pretty major you know yeah. um, as well so oh fast, there you go we we haven't listeners we haven't talked about this i usually find a connection with somebody <laughs> that i interview with it's absolutely hilarious i know that's awesome <laughs> and i think um i think grief has a way of showing you really clearly the roadmap in a way of what it looks like to thrive while life keeps on happening. Yes, it's it's something amazing. I've noticed this yeah. year. It, yeah. You know, I guess we were talking about before uh, we started this recording of, you know, life happens and and struggles happen, and how do you still yeah. thrive while that's all happening? So the shadow side of us is always going to be there. So how can you thrive and be present with yourself? Mm while allowing all of that to still happen and a lot of us struggle with that a lot of us feel like we have to have this part of ourselves the shadow side gone and done and resolved before we can step up again in our lives and move on to more leadership or more you know other things we want to do in our lives we feel like we have to let go of that part of ourselves but we actually we actually can't we actually have to we have to come to to friendship terms with that that side of ourselves. Yeah, it's yeah. that um, we, we all 
you know, everyone's talking about our own truth at the moment or self-care. I like to say to people, self-care isn't selfish. Um, yes. You know, don't be mindful, but be mindful. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that, and when, what's what's happened in the last couple of years is that we've been living in massive and abrupt change. It's affected mm. our health and our health mm. also is able to well it's the it's the mental side of the emotional side of things mm. and our health that's why thriving is is quite holistic and i think that's why we can we can do so much even though parts of us are either processing or blocking um what yes. has been happening to us um, and i'm not a psychologist mm. i'm just a mum i'm just a mum they mm. just mm. I, I get annoyed when i hear that but it's, it's but this is your obsession too yeah. You don't have to be a psychologist to talk about this, yeah. as you do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and if we're talking about wellness, well, it's got to be wellness in the way we think about ourselves, the, the way we know mm. about ourselves, the way we interact, because it affects our relationships. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, look, fasc mm. absolutely fascinating. Now, tell me, when you're working with, say, just say Carrie rings you up and says, hey, uh, Louise, um, mm -hmm. I'm after some of those incredible photos that you mm -hmm. take. Mm -hmm. Would you like to tell everybody what the process is? What is it that is so unique and special about what you do? Because there's a there's a thriving in the way you work as well. So we've yes. talked a little bit about your, your personal Louise, mm. but mm. there's a professional Louise as well. So I'd love mm love to know what it is that is different about you than if I looked in the you know just look online and go oh photographer to do a to to do a new headshot or something for my yeah. business so yeah so give us yeah. A, give us a okay so typically when people get a headshot done of themselves it's usually a, an afterthought it's usually a oh, it's on my list that I've got to tick off can I just get it done really quickly? I really hate doing this. Um, and, and, you know, they say to me, I, I am not, I'm not photographic. I'm not, I, I'm not photogenic. I, I, I'm an introvert. I can't do it. And they just freak out before they even get in front of the camera. Um, and what I notice is when they get photos done with any, anybody else, I can actually see in the photo more of the photographer than of the person. Uh-huh. Okay. And the way I say that is that it becomes more about what they're wearing, what the pose is like. Um, and there's something about it where you can tell the person is just holding back something of themselves. There's still something that hasn't quite given over because they don't trust themselves or they don't trust even the photographer sometimes. Yeah. And so what happens is you end up getting this photograph of you in the here and now with all the masks still on you and all the hesitation still sitting underneath the surface. And that's, that subliminally comes forward in the photo. Mm. And we don't realise this, but other people can pick up on it. And so what they can see is you in the here and now. They can see you without you stretching yourself too much, even though you probably feel like you're stretching yourself a lot. Yeah. by you know what you're wearing or how you're posing or whatever um but what I'm always about is okay Carrie in the here and now who is Carrie going to be in 18 months time so 
who would you be, what would you be doing, who would you be speaking to, what would you be uh, standing for as your opinion mm. in 18 months' time? And how can we actually capture that version of you in this moment? Mm. So there's a there's a little bit of NLP with it, but to be honest, I've never trained in NLP. This is more around Jungian work, which is all around the subconscious around. So Carl Jung was a psychologist many, many, many moons ago. Um, And he created a lot of the archetypal work that you hear about um, and also symbolism. And so he's all about you facing your shadow and facing what's holding you back. And letting that drop away so that you can truly meet yourself. Right. Makes sense. And so when people do a photo, so if we did a photo shoot together, it wouldn't be about the here and now. It would be of Carrie in 18 months' time when whatever your big goals are right now, they've been amplified. You know, I don't know. It's up to you how much they're amplified. Two times, three times, ten times, whatever. Yeah. And you might be wearing very different clothing. And then when we're actually taking the photos, you're, I'm actually getting you to bring um, a playlist with you, music that actually represents you in 18 months' time, mm. and also you as your ideal client. So I wouldn't be photographing Carrie. I would be photographing who you are as your listeners right now. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. Yes. So the person who gets the photo of the here and now is often getting a photo of themselves as the hero. Yes. So you've heard, I don't know whether your listeners have heard of the hero's journey. Yes. But you see this in all movies and what have you. And this is part of Jungian psychology. Yeah. Sorry, I could geek out about this forever, but uh, (laughs) if I'm going too fast, tell me. No, it's it's making lots of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, But in the here and now, you are, you are, having to put yourself up on the pedestal and that's why it looks and feels really awkward yeah because we're not used to doing that especially Australians we do not do that um, at the best of times because of tall poppy syndrome Um, and so when you're getting this photo of you in the here and now there's this almost awkwardness of oh hi hi I'm getting a photo of myself here and it's hero 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 me 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 and to be honest, your clients aren't going to res- respond to that because they can't see themselves in you. Right. Oh, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Whereas if I could take a photograph of you in 18 months' time and you being the guide rather than the hero, yeah. so rather than you being Luke Skywalker, you are being Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yes. yes. How do you reflect your customer's journey. So for instance, for you, it would be how do you reflect the thriving Mm. as well as the struggle? Yes. Because if you you acknowledge the positive, you've got to also acknowledge the negative. Mm -hmm. And this is what you do in, in, this is the beauty of this podcast, is that you talk about all those sides of it. Yeah. And then if we had photos of you showing what the struggle is like, and not in a way where it feels really um, uh, naff, where it's kind of been put on. Mm. It's in a way that's strategic, so it tells a story. Mm. Then that's where those photos that you see of people on my website that have got all that creative stuff going on is that they're trying to articulate 
the the thriving or the struggle of the client's journey to wherever that 18 month vision is for them as well right does that make sense yeah yeah fascinating fascinating so listeners if you i'm just thinking i'm going to give you louise's um website straight away because you you just might want to pop hold this podcast for a minute just stop it and pop on have a look at her um is it the louisewilliams.com.au? Is that the website, That's Louise? It. Yes. Well, it's all lowercase, all run together. The T H E L O U I S E W I L L I A M S dot com dot au. Listeners, just put us on hold and pop over and have a look at these extraordinary photographs. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Louise. After you do the photo shoot, and then you've got to you know, process the photos, I understand mm. that. Is there something that happens for you internally after mm. the shoot? Is there something that happens that you'd be happy to share? Is there, is there, um, you've done, you know, you high five yourself <laughs> and say, you've, you know, you've got it and you just did a great job again. Is there something like that? Or is there a, a quiet confidence that says you nailed it? Um, or, you know, what's it like for you? So for me personally and yeah. not the client? Yes, okay. for you personally, yeah. Good question. Because it's actually never about me, I'm always, uh, at the end of a photo shoot, I'm spent. I was going to say, you're exhausted. I am exhausted because psychologically I'm actually always tapping into where they are right at this moment mm. and how can I how can I draw them towards that 18 month vision? How can I, how can I move them out of this status that they're in where they know they want to go to that 18 month vision? They just don't know how. So I'm like, I'm forever holding this container of space for them. And a lot of my clients will describe it as me being like, uh, (laughs) like a creative doula that I'm actually helping them to birth this, this version of themselves. Cause I get a kick. I get a complete kick out of watching them go from at the start of a photo shoot where they're kind of they're doing the typical making themselves as small as they can do by going sideways <laughs> to being front on to the camera because that's a tip also for female viewers is don't go to the side when you're getting a photo taken because you're actually shutting yourself completely down body wise and body language wise oh. but it, it, when they go to a point where they're like oh, what about if we try this, Louise? What about, and I'm forever saying, why are we doing that? Can we talk about the why? We're not just taking a pretty photo. Why are we doing this? How is it going to add value to you and the client? So there's a forever holding this space for them. And by the end of a photo shoot, they look at me and I look at them and we go, I think we got it. And we literally will high five each other and say, that was just amazing and then that night there is definitely takeaway (laughs) because I'm not cooking and there is just literally this unwinding that happens um and me messaging them and saying how are you feeling now and they're saying I'm feeling really good but I'm feeling tired yes yes because it's a it's a transformation that happens so yeah yeah but I love that you said it's the space so I, I I will in the work that I do I say to leaders we need, we need to find a space where you can really think about your values, beliefs and assumptions about how you're leading, yeah. who you're leading for. Is it all about you as the grand poobah? Yes. Or is it about 
creating leaders who are greater than you, which I think is the real. So you are doing very similar work. In Yes. In, yeah. Because yeah. you don't want those leaders to be the hero. You want them to be the guide that's yeah. leading these heroes, these reluctant heroes to step yeah. up into their, their own leadership in the workplace. Yeah. yeah. I want them to be the explorer, the coach. Yes. The, you know, the all, all those things, you know, I want them to yes. be curious so um, and, and know their people but also to yes. make, sure, make sure that anyone with potential doesn't get shafted, is it, is it, doesn't get missed out. So, I mean, I imagine that mm. your the people that come to you are quite diverse um, mm. in their occupation, their personal. Oh, totally. Fab, absolutely fascinating, yeah. I've photographed, um, I've photographed auditors, I've photographed coaches, um, underwater ocean engineers um <laughs> wow uh, accountants accountants yeah. they don't go quite so creative but they still get out <laughs> of their comfort zone a lot <laughs> and i photograph a lot of leaders people who are in the c-suite yeah uh, people who are in management positions that are wanting to help with their promotion yeah. so yeah i think it's i think that space thing is a really good um articulation yeah. that you got there because i think I don't see that anywhere near enough, even in my organisational psychology days. The amount of time that was not given space for yeah. leaders and their staff to breathe and, and step into some sort of change, it was almost like it was always forced. Yeah. It feels like it's always forced. If you think about even a workplace that sets up for all their staff to be photographed, yeah. it's I don't ever do this, but they're literally like you know cattle just coming through pose towards the camera, look towards the camera, smile, next, next. Like how is that transformative for them? They don't have to have a whole day of it, but yeah. give people room to breathe into what potential is there. So, yeah. yeah very interesting. Oh, Louise, well done you. Well done you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, just tell me, um, in all this, have you, I mean, I imagine that you're learning at the same time. You're learning from yeah. your from your clients or the people that yes. I hate in, in a way they're not your clients in this in this case are they they're they're, they're my friends in a sense yeah you get to be yeah and um travelers with you on the journey oh totally yeah totally we're walking but side yeah. by side yeah yeah and so I mean I I imagine that you learn just as much from them as they would from you and yeah. that's why the energy gets gets taken up um well, they get to um, show, they get to reflect back to me what parts of the process aren't working uh -huh. and how I can tweak them uh -huh. and what parts are working and what I could do even more of and actually expand more into. Like, I, there's so much left to do that I could do in this in this business that I and just thrilled to keep doing like I, I probably won't retire till I'm like I probably won't retire <laughs> I don't keep going <laughs> I'll probably just keep going um I remember one client she was probably the one who totally shifted everything for me her name is Dr Irina Yashinshaw and she talks about um entrepreneurs oh um yeah and she um so entrepreneurs are entrepreneurial mindset in a workplace yeah, and so she's dealing with a lot of you know uh, government departments, very very conservative groups of people, 
Um, so she originally came to me saying, oh, you know, I just need some photos that are, you know, nice and professional. They look good so I can match it to my IP. And I'm like, okay, we can do better than that. Uh, and I said to her, if you are a creative, innovative expert, you've got to show us. Don't just tell us. Yeah. Um, and so the iconic photo of her, you'll see it on the website and it's her, she's got blonde hair and she's got big glasses, like the glasses yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. And she's doing this. Um, <laughs> she, she took that photo. She was not going to buy that photo. She took that photo overseas. I think she was Saudi Arabia or somewhere that was very conservative. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize at that point, just how powerful what I was doing was. Okay. If that makes sense and so I did I did but I didn't and um she she took the photo and she put it on postcards and she handed it out to everybody at the event she then messaged me it was late at night and she said you wouldn't believe what's just happened I said tell me what's happened she said everyone's come up to me with their postcards and said Dr Yashin Shaw can we please get a photo with you and we're both doing this Oh. And she said to me, there's something there, Louise. There's something there. And I said, there is, because they can see themselves in that photo because they're struggling with innovation and creativity in their workplace. They feel like they have to, you know, get some gumption in order to push through the status quo. They feel like they have to put on a different set of glasses yep. than the, the ones that are usually told in a workplace to do. I realised in that moment just how powerful what I was doing was going to be and become. And from that moment, everything shifted for me. Right. So my clients are my greatest teachers with this. Ah, see, I just love it. And you know what? I often think the word teacher could, for me, it extends out to educator. So it doesn't mean mm. just train. So there's a difference here. I think sometimes so if you're a teacher, it's because you've been trained as a teacher. I look yes. and go, let's let's look at the possibility that you're an educator. And for me, that's, yes. that's, that's broader and it, it encompasses mm. a more mm. holistic view of what it is you, you do so that there's mm. a space to grow, a space to learn, yeah. grow and still be curious. I love totally. that story of the Middle East because that was a culture, a cultural aspect of that mm-hmm. part of the world, very, very different to... Mm-hmm. Profession- and untested yeah really untested like we didn't know really how that was going to go down well I kind of knew it was going to disrupt I just didn't know how it would go down oh. <laughs> and and really you could say though that your style of of um work is disruptive to oh, totally to what has been the status quo yes. and I love that I love that disruption yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I love it I love it oh gosh <laughs> if you had um so if if you're you're talking to some young women and young men now who are just starting up in the in um, their work life, um, what is there any advice you'd have when you've looked back on your career, your life, your life experience yes. with the particular backgrounds you've got? Is there any bit of advice around this notion of thriving in life and work and mm. what that might look like for them? Anything, any words of wisdom there? Lots, but I'll narrow it down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've only got a finite amount of time. Um, Hang on, listeners, you've got your pad and paper. Here he goes, Louise. <laughs> I think um, you and I, you know, we've grown up in that 
in that time where your credentials and your CV were so important and that next thing that you had to do and put onto the CV in order to get the job. Um, you know, I had to do the bachelor, but then I had to do two years of supervised practice. I had to do a master's in order to get further. Yeah. That is still important to a certain degree, but you have to also treat your personal brand just as strongly. And we underestimate it. We think it's an influencer kind of thing and it's not. Influencers actually are, um, influencers can move in the direction of fakeness. And I'm not talking about fakeness. I'm talking about the real you beyond the masks. Mm. And the biggest thing I would suggest that people do, and the thing that I see every person struggle with when they come through my studio, and even I still struggle with to this day, is being opinionated. <laughs> okay. Being opinionated of what you believe, what you feel is true, and what you want to change and, and speak up about in the world that you think needs to change. I think, you know, we're very good at uh, writing, you know, collateral or writing an email or writing a newsletter that's going to resonate with people. But to actually be seen as speaking it, coming from your mouth and you actually doing a video of it or a photo of you with the written words that are very opinionated, that's tough. Mm. but it is the thing that will unlock everything. And that's what I see when people are doing these photos with me is that they're getting opinionated about a stance that they want to stand in. They want to stand in a certain space and they've got to claim it. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just a, you know, stock standard photo of yourself kind of thing. It's them actually being seen as, no, this is, I actually truly believe that X, Y, and Z needs to happen in order for us to thrive in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go and see my website, you know, I've got I've got tinsel jackets, I've got unicorns. I'm not a unicorn real person. Like that unicorn photo is not even about me. It's actually about my clients and me finding their unicorn, mm. me helping them to find that unique spirit in them that they have to try and communicate some way. Um, so if I'm not if I'm not opinionated about that myself, how do my clients ever get to have that transformation that I take them through mm. and your listeners will be the same is that they need to be opinionated in workplaces they need to be opinionated and I'm saying opinionated not with ego okay get opinionated but with heart ah human what I call the human centered approach it's the yeah. relational approach because I was yeah as you were talking about this word opinionated yes we've all got bias haven't we we've all got totally Right, and some of it's subconscious, some of it's very conscious, but yep. there would be there's certain words that we will react to according yes. to what we believe that word means or an experience that we've had in life or a situation we've been in. And some people would say opinionated. Well, that means you know it's very judgmental. You that's you're you're there and you're going to stand there and you're never going to move. It's like a big yep. you know big statue yep. of yourself. Legs, yes. legs apart and it's you know cast iron no one's going to move it's too heavy and you don't see any other way. how fabulous would that be in a sense if you could feel into that I wonder how that would actually feel oh, obviously we're not going to have that around our you know our homes and in society but 
Yeah, and and I that's that's exactly why I use the word. I'm actually intentional with why I use yes, that word. Yes, yes. Because I know it's actually going to trigger, and that's why I say with heart. Mm. I don't want ego. I don't want to see ego in a brand. Yeah. I, your clients don't want to see ego. Your your management, your staff don't want to see ego. They want to see realness, and realness comes from being actually truly boldly yourself without the masks. <laughs> And I if you can that. do that, that's the key to it all. And getting opinionated, you know, I often say to people, what do you want to say with these photos? And they're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but if I got you in front of your girlfriends and you'd had a few drinks and you were talking amongst yourselves, oh. you would get opinionated about some things well and truly, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, but that's different. How is it different? Yeah. If because you really want to lead. Because the masks come down. That's right. You get a little bit braver. That's so, right. So so what you're able to do is allow people to be braver, to step into yes. to step into what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. I've had a great conversation with you today. I'm going oh my to God. I know. Where's <laughs> it gone? Where's it gone? Um, Louise, is there something we should say in this conversation that we haven't said? What do you think? Is there, is there anything else we should say here? Oh, there's tons, I bet. We could go on for hours. <laughs> Probably going back to that getting opinionated piece. Uh -huh. Don't wait. Don't wait until you feel you're ready. Oh. You don't need another training course. You don't need another certification. You don't need to watch another TED Talk. You don't need to, you know, spend another couple of years doing X, Y, and Z. You are ready now if you have an opinion you need to start to get, it's like a muscle, you have to stretch it. And it, nobody, nobody you see online is opinionated from the get-go. If you go back and look at all of their old videos, yeah. they're all struggling at the start. Even the Gary V's and all those kind of people in the world, they're all starting out really quite ridiculous at the start, <laughs> you know, in comparison to where they're at. So just start somewhere. I often have people say to me, I don't feel like I'm good enough yet before I can do this with you. And I say, whether you do this with me or with someone else, you are good enough now. You have to begin somewhere. So don't wait for it. Don't, don't do that. Well, we didn't start at age 20 or age That's 45. Right. We started at That's right. minus nine months, right? We, yeah. started, we started. So, and it takes, it take, often takes a life experience for us to, uh, to, yeah. What do we say? I've I have a mantra I use and um and it's hashtag give it a red hot shot. Yes. Yes. And Nike did it with just do it. Yeah, right? that's right. You know? So we've all got all got something. Oh Louise, I am so so thankful for the conversation today. You've you've just brightened up the morning, um, and um, I hope it's actually um, listeners. I hope that you've actually had a really interesting conversation. I have to say to you, get on to Louise's website. The photographs are absolutely brilliant. If you've, Louise, would you like direct co um, contact with people, the email, or you're happy to go through the website? What What do you prefer? Look, um, they're always welcome to reach out and because I can book a call, a complimentary call on there. Uh, uh -huh. I've got a scheduling connection on there. So, um, you know, some people will reach out to me and they're not really ready and I will tell them that 
and I'll give some advice about what they could do next and then yeah. they can come back to me in a year's time or something. Um, I'm always up for a, a conversation because I always learn something as well. So yeah. Yeah. happy to have a chat. Lovely. Thank you. The listeners, if you've enjoyed our conversation today with the most amazing allergic to average Louise Williams, <laughs> that's one of her favourites, uh, her favourite sayings, um, she, Louise can be found easily on LinkedIn. She has her own website. So I will put all those contacts in our, in our notes. If you'd like to know more about what I do, Carrie Benedette, of course, um, you can find me on all socials as well. Carrie, um, easy. Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, Benedet, B-N-E-D-E-T, and you'll find that easily. Um, I'm a big believer in just giving something a red hot shot. So don't, don't procrastinate. Just go and do it. Jump on the website. If you know that you are going for a promo, pro, um, you're looking for a new role, you're, you actually are have got some entrepreneurial um, thinking going on and you want to give it a crack, you know what? The time is right. We are, are so more adaptable, I believe, these days. Um, I think so. And it's it's gutsy. And I love the fact that you talked about grit and gumption before. One of my two of my favorite words. They're old fashioned, but they really yep. give give everyone a bit of an oomph because we've all got it in us. So yeah. Once again, if you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure you share it with friends or family. If anyone else you think might benefit from this, don't forget to subscribe. Thriving Matters podcast is found on all um, platforms. It's over to you now because you're Thriving Matters. You are precious. And make sure you reach out and tell someone that today. Thanks, Louise, for your great company today. Um, thank you Carrie enjoy and uh, click away a new lens I can feel coming on a new a new client a new space to uh, to grow in thanks again I'm Carrie Benedette and this is my podcast thriving matters <laughs>